everybody. want to welcome you all to worship today. Obviously, if I'm standing here, it's because Pastor Andy's out of town doing another wedding. So he's, I think he's in Virginia. Our mystery prelude, did anybody get it? Paper doll. Paper doll. That is exactly right. It was dedicated by Dee Amersold in loving memory of her husband Fred, who used to play that on their piano and sing it to her. So, uh, a few more announcements. Shine the Light Night will be October 29th, which is next Sunday from 3 to 5. Uh, third graders will be receiving their Bibles next Sunday. If you have a third grader and have not received an email from Nicole Olds, please reach out to her. All Saints Day, November 5th, we have a, uh, published in the announcements a list of all of those that we have re recorded that we're going to announce their names. If you had a loved one pass away this year and don't see their name, please call the office. We don't want to leave anybody out. Uh, Chicks with Sticks is Thursday, November 9th, 1 p.m. in the library. Also, we're starting a food drive, and we have a friendly competition with our friends in West Maple to see who can bring in the most food. Please bring your food into the town square. Uh, no glass jars has been requested. A History of the Detroit Zoo, Friday, November 10th at 6 p.m. We are offering three separate courses for CPR training in November. Check your announcements for the dates, but we're looking if you want to join, uh, learn CPR. Uh, Mug on the Run is the last call. It's uh, Friday, October 27th, and there's room for 10 more people. Norm Morell is turning 90 on Tuesday, so we want to welcome him and his family. Congratulations. Uh, I want to thank Pastor Farah for preaching today. One last thing. Holy Name Catholic School over in Birmingham is doing a service project the first two weekends in November. If you live in Birmingham or Bloomfield, they're going to rake leaves for senior citizens at no charge. So on the back of your announcements, there's a QR code. You can scan it and sign up for that. Or if you've got questions, you can see me or 
uh, the woman organizing it, her phone number is also listed. So I think that's a great community project that they're doing. And with that, we rise for opening beginning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit.
Who's that strange man up here? Do we want to really go up there? Yeah, come on. Before I talk to you, I want to talk to them for a moment. Can I talk to them? What I'm talking to them about is the introduction to my sermon. Okay? All right. Now, what I want to know is who here has any bad habits? Oh, we have some people who admit they have some bad habits. All right? I'll use a different word. Who here does things their parents don't want them to do? Oh, now we have a few more hands going up. Yeah, yeah. You know, when we develop these habits and we do these things, uh, it's, it's kind of hard to change, isn't it? Even though our parents tell us not to do it over and over and over and over again, it's very, very hard to change. But what I want to tell you today is don't give up on yourself. As you, as you grow in life, you realize that maybe what you're doing isn't always good. And it's something you need to change. And I want to tell you, you have a God who can help you do that. Now, inside we say, I'm not going to change. I'm not. I'm me. I'm not going to change. Not going to do it. I like who I am. Not going to do it. But you're hurting people around you. You're upsetting people around you. God says, don't give up on yourself. I've got something for you. I've got my Holy Spirit. And I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit. And I'm going to give you my love. And I prove to you that I love you because I sent Jesus Christ to suffer for you and die on the cross for you, to forgive you all your sins. So if you're a forgiven child of God, and you've got the Holy Spirit, you can make some changes within yourself. Okay? All right. You know, I'm a little different than the other two pastors. I never have anything to give to you. I'm sorry about that. All right? Okay. Thanks for coming out. reading this morning is from Isaiah 45 verses 1 through 6. This is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Silas, whose right hand I take hold of to subdue nations before him and to strip kings of their armor, to open doors before him so that gates will not be shut. I will go before you and will level the mountains. I will break down gates of bronze cut through bars of iron. I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places, 
so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. For the sake of Jacob, my servant, of Israel, my chosen, I summon you by name and bestow on you a title of honor, though you do not acknowledge me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. I will strengthen you, through, though you have not acknowledged me, so that from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting, people may know there is none besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Here ends our Old Testament reading. Our epistle reading this morning is from 1 Thessalonians 1, verses 1 through 10. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians and God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor promoted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Here ends our epistle reading. We rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. Our Holy Gospel reading this morning is from Matthew 22, verses 15 through 22. Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. They sent their disciples to him, along with the Heridians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, You hypocrites! Why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. They brought him a denarius, and he said to them, Whose image is this, and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, So give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. 
When they heard this, they were amazed. So they left and went away. Here ends our Holy Gospel reading. We'll continue and confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Grace be unto you in peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I'd like to uh, read verses 9 and 10 of the text for today, which is the epistle lesson. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. Now, note, they tell how you turned to God 
from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. I looked at that text, and I considered it, and I thought about it, and I wondered how I could apply it, and all of a sudden the word change came to mind. Change. There's a lot of things that some of us need to change in our life. Or maybe a few things, or maybe a couple of things, or maybe one thing. <clears throat> but there needs to be change. And that change is sometimes very difficult. On the other hand, my title says change is possible. Isn't it? And I'm going to give you three examples of change that occurred that was very easy. Example number one, young man decides to go out with the boys. Night on the town, he has a beer, goes home. They go out again next week, has a couple beers, goes home. Goes out again next week, has three, four more beers. Goes home. Maybe in the middle of the week, he has three or four more beers. <clears throat> then he goes out with boys again, has some more beers. Then all of a sudden, one day, he's picking up a six-pack at least every night and drinks it before he goes to bed. And a few months later, maybe a good friend or family member comes to him and says, Joe, I think you're drinking too much. And Joe says, get out of my face. No, I'm not. Live a little, just having a good time. So he keeps up his drinking. Then all of a sudden, several months later, he wakes up, he looks at himself in the mirror, he realizes he's damaging his family, and he's become an alcoholic. Now, how easy was it for him to become a non-drinker, or maybe an occasional drinker, to an alcoholic? Was that difficult? No, that was very easy. Let me give you another example. <clears throat> Somebody goes to work. Now, they're happily married, maybe a child or two or three at home. Family is, family is just a joy to be with. All of a sudden, they connect with someone at work. They begin to talk. Maybe they have lunch. Then they have lunch again. Then they talk some more. And they talk some more, and they talk some more. And then all of a sudden, a few months later, a person goes home, says to their spouse, I want to tell you, be sure of this, I love you. I love you very much. And I love the kids. And I don't want to do anything to 
hurt you. But I'm sorry. I love that person at work more than I love you. I want a divorce. How hard was it from that person to go from being a happily married person to not wanting a divorce? It wasn't hard at all. It was really easy. One more, one more example. Teenager, teenager, getting into their teens, living with a happy, happy family. Love their parents, get along, they take vacations together, play games together, watch TV together once in a while. All of a sudden, something clicks in that teenager. All of a sudden, they want to find their identity. They, find, they want to find their individualism. And they think that the only way they can do it is to object to everything their parents tell them. Of course, it creates a great deal of tension. Suddenly, those parents become the worst thing God created, ever created and put on this earth. And life in that family becomes miserable. How difficult was it for that family to go from being a happy family to being now a family in turmoil? It was easy. It wasn't difficult at all. But here's the interesting thing. To go from here to here was was easy. Now you ask that person to go from here back to here. It's like asking an alligator to keep its mouth open while you put one of its teeth. Pretty difficult, pretty challenging. Now maybe we're not as radical as the examples I shared with you, but the truth of the matter is that Many of us go through life with issues that need to change. Uh, I thank God that my wife is not here today so that you cannot ask her. She's not <laughs> feeling well. But she would tell you, there are things about me. And my son was here earlier, and uh, thank God nobody asked him. Uh, things about me that they would like to see changed. Now, I'm not, I'm not destroying the world. I'm not. I'm not blowing up our, our house or anything like that, but I do a couple of things that they wish I wouldn't do. And they do some things I wish they wouldn't do. I try to bury it, we try to swallow it, we try to learn to live with it, but we still wish the change would be made. If you have any doubt about the existence of sin, and about the existence of Satan working in your life, the resistance to change is wonderful evidence of that very thing. Now, am I suggesting change is not possible? No, I am not. Because I know, and some of you know, people who were after alcoholics, people who were drug addicts, 
people who were addicted to nicotine, who quit, and they're clean. Maybe you have had a, a temptation to flirt with an extramarital affair, but you said no. You saw the damage it would do to your family, so you put the brakes on it real fast. Maybe you've known a teenager, or maybe even someone older, who is seeking their identity, going through a crisis, but rather than making life hell for their family, they talk it out, work it out in love, and resolve it without creating a great deal of conflict for that family. I got there, I got to that subject, of course, because of the text. And I want to remind you of, especially verse 10 of the text, and how they turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. I would suggest to you that that was not an easy thing for some of them to do. <coughs> Consider the fact that what God was proclaiming to them was not just one more God that they could put on the shelf with all the other idols that they worshipped on a regular basis. Paul was saying, get rid of all your other idols. This is the only one you need. This is the one who saved you. This is the one who redeems you. This is the one who died for you. And they go home to their family and they say to their family, listen family, I'm going to tell you something. I don't know how you're going to take it, but everything we've been doing all our life, it's wrong. We've got to stop it. We've got to turn to the Christ, who is our Savior and Lord. Can you imagine the social and the family pressure put on some of these people as they accepted Christ and made it known to their family and to their society? And it came with such a blessing. This God that that, that I offer you, Paul says, is not a God you have to continue to make sacrifices to over and over again to appease, to satisfy, to redirect his anger. Because this God gave you the ultimate sacrifice. He gave his only son, Jesus Christ, who suffered on the cross to die for you, who rescues us from God's anger and from God's wrath. For those who believe in him, God's wrath is now turned into a willingness to forgive all those who sin and offer us eternal life in heaven for the sake of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
They never knew a God like that until brought that, mess- that message was brought to them by Paul. But while that message was being proclaimed, something else was going on. And we hear it in verse 5 of the epistle lesson. Because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. In power and in the Holy Spirit. And that, my brothers and sisters in Christ, is the key to our life. Believing in the power and being convicted that the Holy Spirit can do his job. I've got this habit. I've had it for a long time. I don't know if I can break it. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, how can we say we cannot? Some people will say the Holy Spirit can't change me. I don't care how powerful he is. I am who I am, and I am what I am. I will always be what I am. If you can't live with it, I'm sorry. But that's the way I am. It's so easy to think that it was easy for the Thessalonians to give up their idols and worship God. But it's so much harder for us to give up our idols, our habits, our behaviors that are not good and become different people. Well, as I said, for the Thessalonians, it wasn't easy. But the Holy Spirit was there to help them say no to those idols and to say yes to the God who saved them from their sins through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. To say yes to the God who raised Jesus from the dead. To say yes to the God who offers all who believe in him absolute, free, total, unconditional forgiveness of all sins and life eternal in heaven. That God, through the Holy Spirit, is alive and well and at work among you and me. As we mentioned earlier, you and I have seen people change. So why can't we change? His death on the cross was not a waste of a good life. His resurrection from the dead was not some magic trick for our entertainment. The gift of the Holy Spirit was not given to us just to think about, but ignore. What he did for us was real, was powerful, 
It was the work of a loving God who, through the power of that Holy Spirit, says, I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you make that change in your life you've always wanted to make for a long time. In Christ's death and resurrection, we have a God who is saying, I will never give up on you. So never give up on yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen. We rise. Thank you. 
Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to comfort us in our weaknesses. You give us strength when we cannot take another step. Guide us into all truth, remind us of your ways, and give us boldness to testify about what you're doing in our lives. Today we pray for those grieving the loss of loved ones, the family and friends of Janet Hogan. We pray for those facing health concerns, Shirley LaBrenz, Jeannie Elkins, Jeff Jones, Anita Menino, Dan Hildebrandt, Michelle Erickson, Aaron Crisman, Judy Mammel, Marilyn Stargar, Bob, Judy B, Jim, Izzy Sherman, John Smith, Russ Swanson, Aaron, Yvonne and Faye, Nina and Jason, Brian Leahy and Tony Cornett. We pray for those in hospice care, Linda Boyce and Etta Unruh. We pray for all the people in Israel at this time of war and ask that God watch over them. We pray for all those serving in the military, police and firefighters, for all world leaders to be receptive to godly counsel, and for all those suffering from other health concerns. Prayers of thanksgiving today for Jack Schaefer and Allie Gregg, who were united in marriage yesterday, and for all those celebrating birthdays and anniversaries, our sanctuary altar flowers, placed by Jerry and Janice Kanka, celebrating 34 years of marriage. All this we ask, as you have taught us to pray.
rise. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant to you his peace. Mm -hmm.